Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. If you like Unfound's content, don't be afraid to go to paypal.me forward slash unfoundpodcast to support what we do here. On this episode, I update everyone on Carly Russell again. I go over the surprising return of Alicia Navarro. I discuss a new lawsuit in the true crime community. And I cover a whole bunch of other stuff, including... My birthday tomorrow. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound Live for July 31st, 2023. Hello, everyone. This is Unfound Live for the next to best day of the year, and that would be July 31st of 2023. Of course, tomorrow is the best day of the year, but I'll get to that in a bit. Hope everybody uh, has had a fantastic week. Since we all got together back on July 24th, you know, I'm using kind of, uh, uh, hold on one second. And um, as you can see, well, you can't really tell because I'm using like this blurred background thing on StreamYard now, but I am still here in Pennsylvania, I'm sitting over here in the room in which I do all of my work while I am here. This is also the room in which I sleep. The bed, as I've stated before, is like right here. And, uh, but uh, on Wednesday evening, I will be flying southwest back to Florida. And um, then I already have an Uber reserved. Hopefully it will go better than that time from a few years ago when I used Lyft. But anyway. I will be taking Uber the whole way back to Clearwater Beach, and I guess everything will get back to normal. But uh, my dad and I are having a great time up here. Uh, we watch uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune every evening. We've gone out on a you know for some uh, car rides, and Dad cooks, and we go to some of the restaurants that he likes to go to, and we went up to this. Um, We've gone up to the Slippery Rock campus a few times. We've gone over to Moraine State Park a few times. 
my brother Michael uh, came up and visited for the day on Saturday. It was good to see him. In fact, I posted a picture of him on my Facebook page. He's doing really well. And then last week, I think it was on Thursday, I went over to see my sister, Diane. Charles is in the chat room, his mother. Uh, and we had a good time. Uh, Charles's father did the cooking. So my dad and I were over there in Ohio for a while on last Thursday. So it's been all good. I've kind of, I guess, touched all of the bases while I was here. I got to see my buddy Brad, who lives in Leechburg, my old hometown. Got to see my brother, got to see my sister. And getting work done. Uh, the only thing I didn't do is I did not play in the disc golf tournament this past Saturday. A combination of my leg hip kind of still bothering me a little bit. And the weather uh, did not look that great, even though um, it ended up actually in the end being kind of a nice day. But I really don't feel bad about not playing anyway. I was the only person in my division. So there really wasn't uh, a lot of uh, competitive fire in me, competitive motivation to show up, dare I say. So um, let's see who's in here uh, so far. We're counting now a few minutes into this live show, and I'll move on to a couple other things. By the way, of course, if you are watching, whether on YouTube or on one of the Facebook locations, please notice the overlay for tonight's show. If you enjoy this content, go to patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast and sign up. It would really help. Uh, what we do here. And like I said, if you enjoy the content, whether it's here on the YouTube channel, just the podcast, you know, many other things, of course, that uh, we do here at Unfound, please show your support, please. So Charles, what's going on? Just mentioned you, Charles. Uh, thank you, uh, Charles. We're going to get to my birthday here in a moment. Thank you. Uh, why? What's going on, Lisa? Thank you. Um, Tiffany, I always listen to the live shows later, but wanted to make sure I sent you birthday wishes today. Look at you, Tiffany. Tiffany with an E. That's very interesting. Thank you. Lisa, uh, I was trying to do a $3 ad last week's birthday money so I could give you your age, but it wouldn't go in between two and five. Happy birthday, Lisa. You are very generous. Thank you so much. Thank you for trying to be creative with your donation. No donation. Uh, Either way, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the thought. Karen, Charlotte, thank you. Thank you, The Royal. Yeah, it's already August 1st over there in Australia. Kind of jealous. Thank you, Voice for the Voiceless. Kathy, thank you. Deborah, good to see you. Uh, Deborah, we missed you in the... Uh, uh, were you supposed to... Uh, you're a Patreon member uh, in the chat. Uh, Karen, hello. Thank you. Melissa. A lot of people wishing uh, me a happy birthday uh, a few hours early, or maybe not if you're in Australia. It's right on time. Hello, Melody. And uh, yeah, thanks, Charles. Laura, what's going on? Angie, thank you. Hello, from, well, hello to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Mark, what's going on? Jay's, join here. Yeah, join. Thank you for joining back in once again. I want to apologize once again for uh, blocking you uh, a couple weeks ago. That was a total mistake. Screaming, where have you been? Good to see you. Patricia, good to see you. Of course, everybody you can see uh, Friday's guest 
is in the uh, chat. Maybe everybody wants to say hi to her. And I'm, of course, going to be talking about uh, Joel's disappearance a little bit more on tonight's live show. Twinkle and uh, Kathy, what's going on? The Real uh, did not watch that uh, last night, The Real, but I know that Canada got destroyed by Australia. So, um, and thank you for understanding, Julian. So a lot of people in here tonight, whether through Facebook, whether through um, YouTube, thank you all for showing up and screaming. Thank you. You are very generous. Thank you. Uh, what, if anybody's interested, I don't know if you could do this if you're watching on Facebook, but if you are watching on YouTube tonight, if you'd like to contribute that way, you can use the super chat fun- function, which is in the uh, little box with the dollar sign down there. You can contribute to what we do here if you like what Unfound has been doing for almost seven years. So uh, there we go. Um, Remember, if you are not yet a subscriber to this channel, please hit the little button. Of course, I think maybe uh, for some of you, the uh, overlay is going to be covering that up. But please subscribe to this channel. And if you'd like to take it one step further here on YouTube, please hit the join button below. For all of you Facebook people, uh, you would have to go over to YouTube to do that. But I do appreciate anybody who is watching over Facebook. Uh, It's nice to be now broadcasting in two different places at one time. Glenn, what's going on? Good to see you. And uh, Angie, uh, hello to you. Thank you, everybody who is tuning in tonight. New member, finally. Yeah, thank you, Angie. Okay, very good. I'm not sure if uh, Cherie is uh, is Cherie in here. She did not um, get in on the uh, stream yard yet. Maybe she said that she might be just being able to monitor through YouTube. So Cherie, if you are here somewhere, please let me know whether you are moderating uh, this evening or not, if you could. Uh, voice asked me, Ed, have you looked into Brianna Mitchell missing from Moreland, Wyoming? I've not. It's not a name, uh, right off the top of my head is familiar to me. So what are, uh, you know, I've already covered, uh, yes, uh, for all of you, maybe who are a little newer to me, newer to unfound and everything else. Tomorrow is my birthday. Uh, August 1st, 1970 was a very, very, uh, special day. And it was a Saturday, by the way, and uh, that day, my biological mother, Suzanne Joyce, had me. I think I came in, like, kind of pretty much right uh, about on time. I don't think that I was early. I don't think I was late. It was kind of somewhere right around the average, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because I'm usually kind of, like, right on time anyway as 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 a human being. And uh, when I was born, I was six pounds, 10 ounces. But actually, uh, once I was adopted, uh, I was uh, quite the chubby baby. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I, don't, I know there's some pictures of me as a baby in this home right here somewhere, probably behind this door back here. There's a lot of uh, photo albums back there behind these in this closet here. But I was such a chubby baby that my parents nicknamed me Punjab. Or no, Buddha. 
You know, you've ever seen the Buddha sitting cross-legged. That's kind of what I look like as a baby. I was, I was F-A-T for sure. And then, you know, by the time I got to be like two years old, I kind of thinned out. And I've pretty much been thin, you know, uh, ever since. But came in, you know, six pounds, 10 ounces. I'm going to guess maybe that's right around the average weight for a, a baby born at like a pro- the approximately the right time. But surely a couple months into my existence, I was um, I was certainly on the high side of the average. Let's just put it that way. And some of those uh, pictures of me, um, you know, like I said, uh, I think my parents nicknamed me pretty well. They called me Buddha. But uh, yes, tomorrow is my birthday. I'm going to be 53 years old. I don't know where the time has gone. And uh, it is really, really amazing. But I feel fantastic. And I'd like to think that I, um, you know, I'd like to think that I'm doing well health-wise and and everything else. Twinkle says, uh, chubby babies are very cute. Hello, Marty. There you are, Marty. We missed you um, in the think tank last night, Marty. It would have been good to see you. Um, Charlotte says my brother Ben weighs six pounds, 10 ounces. Well, he must be a heck of a good guy then Charlotte. But, um, so there's uh, a little bit about me. Uh, maybe you can already tell, uh, all of you certainly are, uh, if you're watching this live show, certainly dedicated unfound listeners or followers. I'm not a, a real believer in Zodiac signs or anything, but even I could admit that I do have many of the qualities that a Leo, this is the year, the time of year for Leo. I do kind of have uh, a lot of those qualities. And um, the other thing that's weird about having a birthday um, this time of year and and, and being Leo, and I've brought this up before, but it is amazing how many women who have been girlfriends, who have dated, or who I've been attracted to, who are also Leos. It's creepy. It's really, really creepy. Now, for example, you know, um, I had a girlfriend whose birthday was uh, October 12th, going back like 25 years ago. So what, you know, I think that's a Scorpio maybe. But, um, and then, for example, my friend Shay, you know, we were kind of thing off and on for a while. Um, you know, her birthday is like the beginning of March. But pretty much, uh, I dated a, a woman who was born the, the day before me. Her birthday was July 31st, 1970. Uh, ex-girlfriend Suzanne, August 7th. Ex-girlfriend Janie, August maybe 11th, 12th, or 13th, somewhere in there. Um, Another woman that I dated, her name was Judith. I think her birthday was August 5th. It's really, really kind of weird. So I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced that in in your lives. Uh, You know, maybe there's just one particular, it doesn't even have to be your own zodiac sign, but maybe, you know, you may be a Virgo, but you seem to always be running into Tauruses or something like that. I'm just making stuff up. Or Pisces. 
Um, you know, maybe you've also experienced that in your life. That's what I've experienced. And it's, I almost, it's almost gotten to a point where if I meet a woman, even if I'm not attracted to her necessarily, I can tell if she's a Leo or not. I don't, you know, I don't even know anything. Just meeting her, it's kind of weird, even though I don't really believe in that stuff. So I guess, I guess I have a reckoning to do with this part of my belief system. So there you go. Um, Charles, thank you uh, for the super sticker. Thank you so much. Uh, and yes, the streaming is telling everybody, please remember whether you are on Facebook, I guess you can hit like the thumbs up or little heart button or whatever else. And uh, please do that as you're watching tonight. And if you are on uh, Facebook, of course, keep smashing that uh, thumbs up button, that like button, because it really, really, really helps. And of course, we have a drive going on. I don't know if we're going to make it to 20,000, but we're going to do our darndest. So once again, please consider subscribing to this channel. Uh, Twinkle Chubby Babies are very cute. Okay, I'm going to read that again because I like it so much. Uh, why, thank you for the super sticker. I really, really appreciate it. Lisa, Lisa says, you'll never get back to your birth weight. Uh, I guess, Lisa, unless uh, I get cremated. <laughs> um, um, I weighed six. You, Twinkle, you weighed 610 too. All right, interesting. Uh, Marty says, yeah, I felt so bad to miss it. I have a lot to say about the latest it was making my head spin. Yeah, I bet it was, Marty. Um, Lisa says, my best friend and my daughters are Leo, so I can vouch for their greatness. There you go. See, I knew I'd like something about you, Lisa. Uh, Le Marty's a Leo. Yeah, my birthday. Yeah, Charlotte, August 13th, another Leo. Uh, Twinkle, I think that would make you a Virgo, right, Twinkle? Um, so as long as they have a full term, my kids are only an ounce apart. Well, that's interesting, Kathy. Maybe you should try dating spring ladies. <laughs> I have to run into some ladies first, Gilbert. That's the thing. Uh, that's good, Twinkle. There's a deep purple song. Maybe I'm a Leo. That's right. I think I knew. Them here there we go um you have to realize that the the internet if i tend to go in and yeah yeah uh we got something i'm gonna go check something real fast we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Something goes on with the Wi-Fi and everything here. Uh, when my dad is on the TV, you know, the, we just don't have the um, internet speed. 
a little bit of an issue uh, last night and uh, for the live show. I'm hoping that it's not too big of a deal, but, I, you know, it's kind of going out. So please bear goes on. Let me let me do this. Let me disconnect this. Maybe that'll free up some Wi-Fi. And uh, let me do a little something here. Let me do something very quickly. Please bear with me for a second because I don't want this. Um, just want to make sure we don't lose. So that's not using Wi-Fi at all. Okay. Just checking uh, to make sure that I've narrowed this down. All right. Uh, yeah, Twinkle says, yeah, it's going in and out. You know, no problems for like a week and a half, and then all of a sudden, uh, it seems to pop up. But, um, howdy from Texas. Hello, how do you? I think I remember one time you used a phone hotspot that worked pretty well. Yeah, not, uh, though here. It might have been when I was in a hotel or something, the real. We're just going to have to deal with this, because I only have StreamYard on, on here, so... I'm hoping it's going to be okay. You know, being that I just turned off the Wi-Fi on my other laptop, uh, that should free up uh, some, some stuff. It's just, once again, uh, you know, it's not, I don't, this isn't in a city where. Let's get to, uh, so that's my birthday, and I'm hoping to. Receive quite a few um, celebrations. I, I really, uh, I wouldn't say I do up my birthday, but, uh, <laughs> you know, generally I'm a pretty humble guy. But when it comes to my birthday, maybe I do get a little obnoxious. In fact, I even said on my Facebook page that, uh, um, you know, I said that uh, tomorrow is a day of worship for everybody. So there you go. Uh, Charlie, what's gone? Yeah. Uh, there's Cherie. What's going on, Cherie? How you been? Good to see you. Uh, the, unfound part of the show. And I want to start out with the Joel Ackridge, Acreage poll. Of course, this is the poll that we do every every week, and um, let me get to that very quickly. Here we go. So the poll that I wrote uh, that was put in the discussion group, here were the choices. Who was the main instigator of Joel's disappearance? Joel himself, the nurse, a neighbor up the street, strangers, or his family. Those are the five choices. And with 47% of the vote, it was strangers. But very close behind that with 43% of the vote was the nurse. So that is what all of you in the discussion group, if you are on there, decided. Um, I have to admit that the, the, the choice strangers, 
uh, winning out is a little bit of a surprise to me. But, uh, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to think or anything. But um, Deborah says, neighbor up the street is my guest. Okay, Deborah. It, uh, Friday's episode was so good. I listened twice. A lot going on with that when I feel so bad for his family and all who loves him. Well, you, Lisa, you can see that Patricia, the guest, is in the chat tonight if you'd like to, uh, of course, uh, converse with her. So the discussion group decided it was the uh, a stranger. And you should know, once again, I, I was very surprised with the think tank um, that I was thinking that a majority of the people would agree with me that the nurse and others had something to do with Joel's disappearance. Really, that's not how it went. It was very mixed, kind of like what the discussion group answer was. Uh, so I was very surprised. Now, for me and the blog that I write at Patreon, once again, as you can see right there at the bottom of the screen, patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. Um... The conclusion that I came to was that, yes, uh, you know, although I go into how I personally get to that decision, uh, the, the nurse and others caused Joel Acreage's disappearance. That's the cl- conclusion that I've come to. Now, having said all that, and being uh, that some of you are watching on YouTube, and I, I realize that for, I don't know how many in fact, it's kind of a small, I know it, kind of the percentage, but um, I know many of you do partake in Unfound through YouTube. So you don't, you know, listen through iTunes or through Spotify or any other what we would call podcast app. You are subscribed to the YouTube channel, so you just partake of the episode on YouTube. Totally fine. The reason I'm bringing that up, though, is that you will find that uh, a sister, and this is the sister uh, that Patricia mentioned toward the end of the interview, uh, she has made some comments on YouTube. And I'm going to allow them to stay, even though, uh, and Patricia and I, you should know, both talked about this before I started the live show tonight. Um, I'm going to leave them there because sometimes statements like those just to have sit there because um, sometimes when you delete what people write, you're kind of almost protecting that person. And I'm not really here to protect Patricia's sister. All right. Uh, I'm looking for the truth. In the end, all I want is Joel's disappearance to be solved. Although I have my own personal theory about what happened. In the end, I really don't care what happened. I just want Joel to be found alive or deceased. I just want it all to be resolved. I'm not banking on any particular um, choice or theory or anything like that. But the reason I'm leaving that there... Uh, for everybody to see on YouTube, now everybody's probably going to go look, is because I I think what it shows, now, surely the sister who is writing all this certainly believes that she is like the sanest person who ever walked the earth. I don't know her. I've never spoken to her. But having, I think we can all get an idea 
of who she is just by what she wrote and how she wrote it. You know, there's a particular thing that I, I say about when people, when I get nasty messages from people, and I, I've gotten a few, more than a few, emails on Messenger, of course, comments, other comments on YouTube, reviews of Unfound, on and on and on. And it always strikes me that it's amazing how many of these people, for example, can't use paragraphs. And it, they just come across as sounding and appearing to be crazed. And that is one of the reasons that I'm leaving the, the, that, those comments there, because this is the person Patricia is talking about. You get to hear Patricia talk about Joel's disappearance in her own words in the interview. I thought I asked a lot of tough questions, as I usually do. I'm not telling you that you have to, to necessarily believe Patricia. It's always up for you to decide what you want to believe and what you believe. Maybe you believe everything on a dis- an interview. Maybe you believe nothing. It's up to you. All I can do is ask the best questions that I can. But you listen to Patricia talk, and then you read what this sister and how she wrote it and the words she used and everything that she talked about, many things outside of Joel's disappearance, and you come to your own conclusion who you trust more, Patricia or her sister. Okay, that is why I'm leaving that there. It would be very easy for me uh, to uh, delete it because, you know, it attacks Patricia and everything else. But being that it came up in the interview and Patricia talked about her sister in a particular way, I think what we're seeing here is Patricia pretty much described her sister just as her sister acts. <laughs> in addition, what also registers to me is that all of that was written there could have been written to me per, pre, uh, privately. Everybody knows, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com privately. Instead, she chose to make it all public. Now, you should also all know that this is not unusual. And and I think that, you know, I've told this, Patricia, maybe not today, but um, maybe when we did the interview, even before that. These kinds of things, although maybe most of you don't realize it, are is very common. I don't want you to go there and read what Patricia's sister have to say and be Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Well, this is more common than all of you know. Um, Many, more than you would ever guess, many of the family members who come on Unfound get this exact type of stuff that is like what this sister wrote. This is very, very common. Uh, Many of the times we don't talk about it because I'm not here to cause problems uh, and asking the questions covering disappearances. I'm not here to cause problems for um, the guests. Okay, they're the ones that have to live with this. They're the ones that have to deal with family members at functions, at Christmas, at Thanksgiving. And so I'm not here to cause divisiveness. I stick to the disappearances. All right. This is why we don't really talk about this particular topic in official interviews. I'm there to make sure all of you understand the disappearance as well as possible. If you want to get involved, you want to spread the word, that is my job. 
All right. My job is not, I'm not a family counselor. But trust me when I say, oh, I'm going to say half. Half of the interviews that I've done with family members as guests since day one, we're coming up on the seventh anniversary, seventh anniversary of YouTube of, of Unfound. And of course, most of the time I do talk to family members. Now, of course, we've had some guests on or friends on. We've had some friends of the friends of the family. We've had friends of the missing person. We've had some bloggers on, other people, but most it's family members. I would say half of them have stories that go right along with how that sister is acting on YouTube. Half. The difference is a lot of these other people just maybe aren't making it as public as Patricia's sister is. So I don't want you to go there and read what she has to say and think, man, there must really be something going on here. There's probably a lot less going on here than you realize. Because once again, I'm just used to this by now. And this is why, as you will see in my response to her, I try to reason with her and she's not hearing it. In fact, she only just doubled down and wrote this huge thing with no par- no, no paragraphs. Just one, I would call it, is it a screed? Just line after line after line, no paragraphs, hardly any punctuation, on and 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 on. And now you can see why there's no, there's no point, you know, there's really no point trying to reason with her. I realize she thinks she's the smartest person in the room. I'm willing to let her words stand there so everybody knows that she isn't. I'm more than happy to allow her words to stay there, stay there, so everybody can figure out, you know what, I think Patricia's right. I know Patricia, uh, you know, is worried about all this, but before I came onto the camera tonight, I told her, you just have to realize something. People aren't stupid. All right. People have these types of, every family has people like this. And these are many people, of course, that do not have disappearances in their lives. I have people like in in my family too. So I'm more than willing to let this woman's words stay there. So everybody can judge for themselves. Do you like Patricia Moore? Does Patricia sound saner or does this sister sound saner? I leave it up to you. In, in the uh, in the room. All right. You know, she's trying to tell me about disappearances. Okay. So um, there you go. I wanted to include this as I was uh, talking about the Joel Acreage poll. Like I said, I, I, of course, do defend my guests. But in the end, when it comes to you analyzing everything, you listening for an hour and a half, two hours, everything, not just the interview, but, uh, you know, what I have to say before, what I have to say after, wherever you're going to go, in the end... You know, if if you want to think that a family member of Joel's had something to do with his disappearance, you are entitled to do that. Okay? I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I don't do that. All right? But certainly don't think it because of what this uh, sister is typing on YouTube. Okay? You know that I, I love the free flow of ideas. 
This is the reason Unfound is the only place anywhere in any venue, anywhere in the world that has a think tank devoted to disappearances alone. And all of you should be in there, by the way. Patreon.com forward slash Unfound Podcast, where the ideas flow. Everybody gets their opinions. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. And it's always interesting to me when somebody then comes in, somebody, it may be a family member or somebody else, and then acts like they know everything. Always very interesting to me. You know, when the rest of us are, you know, kind of perplexed about what went on. And then somebody who wasn't even there that day, didn't speak to Joel that day, didn't see Joel that day. If she was really worried about Joel living under that roof, as she says she was, then why didn't she take over uh, taking care of Joel and everything else on and on and on? I just got no time for it. I've tried to reason with her. I'm not saying another word to her. Okay? I don't believe she had anything to do, for the record, I don't think she had anything to do with Joel's disappearance. I think she's just a very bad human being. Okay, so let's see what everybody is uh, saying here. And once again, if the it seems like we're okay with the internet right now, and thank you to the internet gods. Um, uh, neighbor up the street, Friday's episode was so good. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, when will they arrest Alicia Navarro's kidnapper? I'm going to be talking about that uh, tonight. Why? So you just have to hold on tight, but it on is on my agenda. Uh, Marty says, I'm torn about it. I think there's evidence it could have been a few people. Okay, Marty. Um, Charlotte says, I have very mixed feelings about Joel's disappearance too. Charlotte, you're allowed. I'm going with the nurse and her cronies. It was a tough episode to listen to. I felt so bad for Patty Rockford. The poll is very surprising as this is one of the cases where I felt the culprit, at least a culprit, was fairly obvious. No disrespect to others who disagree with that, of course. Yeah, Rockford, I agree. I agree with you. That, uh, you know, given, you know, I know you can like take half, take part in half of the think tank last night, but uh, the conclusions everybody came to in the think tank last night were surprising. Um, and the, the poll question and discussion group surprises me as well. Angie, I have a feeling that the Mary Nurse and her band of thieves had something to do with Joel's disappearance. I think maybe he saw or heard something besides the ring that they stole from Patricia. Uh, Deborah, my heart went out to Patricia. She's been through hell and back. I wanted to give her a big hug. There you go, Deborah Rockford. For me, it's the hardest part was trying to figure out how he leaves the house on Saturday. Does not rehearm that day, and he's seen Sunday with no visible injuries or even looking unusually disheveled. I agree. Uh, my heart went out. Angie, thank you to Patricia. Lisa saying, Deborah, I wanted to give Patricia a huge hug. She's giving and caring. Rock. Um, where do you think Joel spent Saturday night? Uh, Kathy talking to Rockford. Grace, just considering family dynamics in general as far as missing persons cases go in general. Yeah. Hello, Veronica. Good to see you. Jays, thankfully, I fall into the other 50% of the family drama factor, and it better stay that way because I'm not playing games with my own family. That's very good of you. Uh, and everybody should know that um, Jays Amaze is Julian, who was a guest of Unfound uh earlier this year and it's good to uh see him of course he was the guest for the judy brown and richard reisenberg episode so if anybody anybody wants to say hi to a former guest julian he is jay's maze angie says you are so right ed when it comes to families there's always that one or sometimes even two of their narcissistic traits but people with common sense can weed out the good from the bad 
uh, Rockford talking to Kathy. Uh, Jays, if they know everything, they should have asked to be interviewed or they should be helping look for the missing family members. They're being weird about it. Uh, which loss are you speaking about tonight, Voice? Uh, the voice that has to do uh, with Kylie Rodney, Voice, and I hope to get to it. Uh, we got some time. Um, I don't I, I don't have an answer for that, Marty. Uh, what he uh, specifically was wrong with Joel. Patricia is maybe in here. If she wants to answer that, she can. Of course, Patricia, uh, if you'd like to do that, maybe offline, that's fine too. Um, Kathy says, yeah, Kathy was of the walk-off variety. My problem with the story was disappearance. Thought they could not know he's missing for 29 hours when he was living in their house. Charlotte, that's, uh, you're right. This is something, but, uh, all I would ask everybody to remember is that Patricia was, um, you know, more than, you know, upfront about that. You know, uh, I think that we have to say that, you know, we've covered enough disappearances where people have lied about timelines and have lied about how long a person was missing and all those things. And of course, when they lie, they lie in the opposite direction. Oh, she just left or, you know, here we have Patricia, who was more than willing to admit, you know what? We messed up. 29 hours. I don't know. Yeah. She could have, you know, she could have easily said it was just a few hours, but she didn't. Upchurch, yes, seems lots are being sued. Yeah. Uh, is it remotely possible that he came home Saturday night and just wasn't seen and left again on Sunday for his routine but forgot to lock his door? Well, uh, Mark, I guess it's possible, but I think what Patricia said was that he said he had plans to watch those videos and everything, and those videos were never opened. In addition, he said he was going to go to the store, and none of those things, um, um, you know, were seen. So, although it's physically possible, I don't know if there are any facts to dispute it. Um, it doesn't seem likely. I would love to know if you had a medication change recently. There you go, Patricia, if you'd like to answer that. Totally up to you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the sister admitted she was medicated. Those were heavy meds she was taking. Yeah. And Veronica, you should know that Patricia is in here. She is Patricia Kuntz, who's just a couple blocks above you in the comments. Uh, just everybody be very nice. Thank you. All right. So that is the difference, uh, the disappearance of Joel Acreage. As you would suspect, um, I'm always here to help. You know, this isn't Unfound is not a podcast where we have people on the on the podcast and then we forget about them. I'm certainly hoping that um, that Patricia and I can keep in touch. And of course, as we stated in the episode, I've known Patricia for about four years now, and uh, you know, we talked for a while. And as I stated, she went; she's gone through a lot of things in the last three years. And then I'm finally uh, really happy that she finally got up the emotional strength. Uh, to come on Unfound and did a great interview. I really, uh, I, I really hope it helps. Uh, Spleen Girl, thank you. Uh, you are very, very generous tonight, Spleen Girl. Thank you for the monetary donation. It means a lot. Thank you. Um, Lisa used to work for the Special Olympics. Uh, Charlotte says, I have a son who is a slow learner. Um there you go, Patricia. A lot of people giving uh, shouts out to you, Patricia. I hope that I hope that makes you feel better. 
All right, let's move on to you. You all want to keep talking to Patricia. Totally fine. I'm just going to uh, continue to follow my uh, agenda for tonight. Comment if you would like. Uh, a follow-up to what I talked about last week. Another very disgusting thing. Other than family members who uh, come across as crazed and bitter and everything else. Of course, another thing that, that I got on my soapbox about last week was how this... Um, you know, the Chevy Vega was found coincidentally in Pinellas County where I live, but I'm not there right now. And, uh, Peggy and Patty McDaniel's names started getting thrown around. And last Saturday, not two days ago, but nine days ago, uh, Joyce Rivetuzo was behind, beside herself. And I don't think she'd mind me telling all of you. Well, as it turned out, I of course ended up being right. <laughs> That this Vega was nothing. It was it was less than nothing. And uh, as they eventually stated, once they did pull parts of the Vega out, it's not even the correct color that goes along with what Ed Gross told police back in 1979. He said it was a white Vega. This Vega Vega wasn't even white. But here, all this stuff guards start getting gets starts getting thrown around. People start posting on uh, social media. People who, if they are going to do this work, should know better. Okay, if you dive companies out there, thank you for your work. But if you are going to be involved in this business, all right, whether you're doing it, uh, you know, for charity, whatever else, and I thank you. But you are going to have to learn to not publicize these things until you are sure about what you are talking about. Because you caused uh, a woman who I care about deeply to be very pained last weekend. All right? And that ticks me off. It ticks me, it ticks me off, especially since I know from my own experience in dealing with such things, when I get information, what do I do first? I hunt down that guest. or anything else but if you find something if you think it's something you don't go public with it until you're sure you just don't do that which should have been done is okay they went you know what all right we saw this found this chevy vega well what does this mean let's go take a look let's do a search for chevy vegas and missing persons could it be something you come across peggy and patty's page which once again a more skilled person would look at the story and know that the Chevy Vega story is crap. It's complete crap. But even so, okay, you're thinking, well, we don't know. What you try to do is you try to hunt down Joyce Rivetuzo. She has a Facebook page. All right. In addition, if you can't find her, 
given that I was like the first person to really cover their disappearances. And that's kind of how they got a lot of attention. You think we should talk to, you know, would you like to talk to Joyce about it? I would have said, you know what, let's talk about it. Could be something, could be nothing. Let's talk about it. Let's go slowly. I'm here to help. I'm not competing against anybody. All right? I know a lot of people. I have a lot of contacts. This is all that I do. I'm I'm ready to help. All of this could have been averted. When I say all of this, the drama, the high blood pressure and everything else, Joyce Rivetuzo suffered nine days ago. Now, I will tell you that some good things have come out of this, but we shouldn't have to do, we shouldn't have to make good things happen this particular way, all right? By causing all this drama, looking before you leap uh, and, and all this to the point you know, finally that Joyce does, I mean, she said she was, I, I forget what day it was last week, maybe Thursday or Friday. She says all people, you know, she's talking to all these different people inside edition and everything else. And that's good. But we don't have to get there this way. We don't. Okay, we don't. So just following up that Chevy Vega, as I predicted, was nothing. Okay. As I said, there were 2 million Vegas made and the odds of them coming across the right one, you know, five hours away from it. It's just given that mega millions is $1.05 billion today. I, tomorrow, I wouldn't say it's Powerball or mega millions odds, but it would be so unlikely. And people who I think have experience doing this would know that. I'm not saying you don't pull the Chevy bag out of the water. It shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, let's get it out of there. Go take it to the junkyard or whatever. It shouldn't be in, in, a, in a waterway. That sound, doesn't sound like very environmentally friendly. But there's just such a better way to do this stuff. So if you're wondering what happened to that Vega, it's nothing. It's nothing. The only good part about all this was like last Thursday, Friday, Joyce Rivetuzo was interviewed. She's, I think she sent me an email saying she was like on the phone all day with different reporters and everything, which is good. But that doesn't, isn't enough to cover up the bad part that started all of it. So there you go. Um, let me see what everybody is. Uh, um, it, uh, coffee said, yeah, it didn't have anything. Hey, Coffee, what's going on? Good to see you, Coffee. How are you? Good to see you. Um, uh, yeah, didn't have anything to do with the girls' coffee. Um, yeah, and I read your response uh, to the blog, Rockford. I just not had any time to uh, re- uh, respond. Um, thank you, coffee. Um, Uh, yeah, and everybody's talking back and forth about, uh, yeah, you you always want to talk and forth, back and forth about Joel, fine by me. All right, moving on. Every uh, You asked me about Alicia Navarro. So 
Let's talk about that. So what I'm going to do uh, to cover this tonight is I'm going to first the the, the page regarding uh, Alicia Navarro's or is Alicia Navarro's uh, disappearance. The page is still on the Charlie Project. So I'm going to read the Charlie Project page first. And then I'm going to get into uh, the recent events with, uh, I, guess, with I guess it's very shocking to a lot of people that Alicia Navarro, this young girl, uh, of course, I think she's an adult now, technically 18, right? Um, she's alive. So here's the Charlie Bro- Project page for uh, Alicia or Alicia Navarro. Alicia was last seen in Glendale, Arizona on September 15th, 2019. At 1 a.m., she came downstairs for a glass of water and asked her mother why she was still awake. Her mother didn't think much of this and went to sleep. When her mother woke up at 7 a.m., the back door was open, chairs were placed against a brick wall in the backyard, and there were shoe prints matching Alicia's sneakers. It appears she used the chairs to climb over the wall. Sometime during the night, Alicia had left her home in the vicinity of 45th Avenue and Rose Lane on foot. She took a small black backpack, her her silver iPhone cell phone, and her silver Apple MacBook computer, just like the one I'm using here, but didn't take the chargers. She left behind the laptop she used for school and the desktop computer she used for games. Her mother believes she left to meet someone she'd been talking to online. She left a note saying, I ran away. I will be back. I swear. I'm sorry, Alicia. She never returned and has never been heard from again. The police stated Alicia is very tech savvy and took her phone and computer in an attempt to make it harder to find her. Prior to her disappearance, she hadn't been she hadn't been fighting with her family and indicated she was unhappy. Alicia was a student at Borgade, Borgati Catholic High School at the time of her disappearance, according to her mother, due to her autism. Alicia liked a strict routine with no deviations from her schedule and didn't like to go out in public. She was prone to emotional meltdowns and needed help with socializing. Her mother believes she never intended to be gone this long, is being held against her will. Her case remains unsolved. So when she went missing back in 2019, that is the write-up that my friend Megan Linus wrote on her website. So here is this recent story. Now, you should know this is not a disappearance that I really followed. However, I will tell you my perception is like within the last few months, I suddenly started seeing a lot about her. Now, this is a... 2019 disappearance. I'm going to guess I read a story about it when it happened, although I don't remember that. But just within the last few months, at least on Facebook, my perception is somebody or a group or somebody was really putting pictures of her, her name, all this stuff out there. It seemed like there was a long spot where I, I didn't know anything about it. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing all this stuff. So... Havre or Harvey, Montana, an Arizona teenager who disappeared days before her 15th birthday, nearly four years ago, is safe after walking into a small town police station in Montana. Uh, Police in that town said Alicia Navarro, now 18, showed up alone Sunday morning in the town of about 9,200 people near the Canadian border and identified herself as a missing teenager from the Phoenix suburb of Glendale. Been there. Navarro's disappearance on September 15th, 2019, sparked a massive search that included FBI, 
uh, what is it? Ha Haver, voice for the Haver. All right, Haver. Thank you, voice for the voiceless. Haver, thank you. Sparked a massive search that included the FBI. Glendale's police spokesperson, Jose Santiago, said over the years, police had received thousands of tips. Investigators are now trying to determine what happened to Navarro after vanishing at age 14 and how she ended up in Montana more than 1,300 miles away. When she disappeared, Navarro left a signed note that read, I ran away, I'll be back, I swear, I'm sorry. But her mother, Jessica Nunez, raised concerns that Navarro, who was diagnosed as on the autism spectrum, may have been lured away by someone she met online. Law enforcement officers took a man into custody at an apartment just a few blocks from the Haver police station on Wednesday night, according to several witnesses interviewed by the Associated Press. As many as 10 heavily armed, uniformed, and undercover officers showed up at 8 8 p.m. and took away in handcuffs the man who had been living in the apartment who lives across the street. A young woman later emerged from the apartment who Lyberg said he had not previously seen. He said the woman resembled a photograph of Navarro that had been released by police. She came out, talked to the officers, then two ladies pulled up, and then she got into a car with them and left. Officers remained on the scene for several hours, taking pictures and doing other work inside the apartment. He said the young woman returned to the apartment building with the two women on Thursday, they did not see her go into the apartment. So this happened like a week ago. A second witness, witness Jonathan Mickelson, or Michelson, who lives next door, said he was questioned at the scene by a plainclothes police officer who said he was from Arizona and asked if Michelson had ever seen a girl at the apartment. He said he had not. If she was in that apartment, I'm surprised I never saw her. Glendale police uh, said they were looking into all the possible scenarios that could have led to Navarro's disappearance, including kidnapping. As much as we'd like to say this is the end, uh, the officer said, the investigator said, we know this is only the beginning of where the investigation will go. Police said Navarro told them after her arrival at the station, she hadn't been harmed, wasn't being held, and could come and go as she pleased. She does not face any criminal charges. In a short video clip that police said was taken shortly after Navarro arrived at the police station this week, she can be heard telling authorities, no one hurt me. In another video, Navarro thanked the police. Thank you for offering to help me, she said. All right. So, Alicia Navarro. Now, authorities in both Montana and Arizona haven't said how long Navarro had been in Haver before walking into the police station. Haver is surrounded by farmland and is north of of the Rocky Boys Indian Reservation. Uh, Wake described Navarro's reunion this week with her mother as emotionally overwhelming and that Navarro said she was sorry for what she had put her mother through. In an emotional video posted Wednesday to a Facebook account titled Finding Alicia, Nunez told her tens of thousands of followers, I want to give glory to God for answering prayers and for this miracle. Nunez has been documenting her efforts to find her daughter on the Facebook page throughout the years. The account features hundreds of posts with photos of Navarro as a young child and pictures of Nunez holding up a sign that read, children don't just disappear. For everyone who has missed, who has missing loved ones, I want you to use this case as an example, Nunez said in the video, which has been viewed more than 200,000 times. Miracles do exist, never lose hope, and always fight. So what to think about all of this? Um, Here's what we first, you know, we don't, uh, I'm, you know, I'm guessing that his name, whoever took her, whoever she was living with the last 
four years. His name is probably out there. I have to admit that I accumulated this information like yesterday and today. Obviously, this person's name uh, will be out there. Maybe some of you have already seen it. I have not, uh, but I've been doing other things today. Um, So once we know who this person is, this is going to tell us uh, a lot more about what happened back in 2019. Uh, As this article says, yes, I'm inclined to believe that this is something that started over the internet and, um, you know, got to the point where seemingly, I guess this guy was from Montana. That He went the whole way to Arizona, picked her up, and they left. Or it could be he was also somebody from Arizona and he picked her up and they decided to go to Montana. First big thing we have to understand is that Alicia Navarro is very lucky she isn't dead. Or we have to be very, very uh, cognizant of that. We know how these things usually go. She is very, very lucky that she isn't dead. But what I will also say about Alicia, and I read somewhere, maybe somebody had heard something going on in that apartment not long before this all, you know, she went to the police and everything that uh, they heard her arguing. Did I read that somewhere? They heard her arguing with the guy, uh, wherever the two were living together there in Montana. I also have to say that Alicia has very good instincts. Okay. You know, of course she knows that everybody's looking for her. She knows that she ran away. She knows that her mother's looking for her. She knows that she's supposed to be in Arizona. She's obviously a a, a very intelligent, uh, now young woman. And I have to tell you, uh, there is a large part of me that believes that she figured something out that many other women, unfortunately, who have gone missing and more adult than her did not. And that is when you're in a dicey situation as Alicia was in, you know, she took off, ran away. People are looking for, dare I say, she probably figured out here I am. Nobody knows I'm here. I'm starting to not get along with this guy. We're starting to fight. Man, he could make me disappear. I mean, I'm kind of already missing anyway, but he could make me disappear in which I would be dead. And nobody would know. And I can't get past that. I think the reason she finally did go to the police and reveal where she was is because she was starting to fight with this guy and started to think, you know what? You know, really shouldn't have done this. What kind of guy does this in the first place? Now that she's four years older, she has a chance to think about these things. You know, she has access to a TV. Maybe she reads about true crime. Maybe she's watching the Oxygen Channel or whatever else. And she's starting to think, you know what? One of these missing women could end up being me. So I applaud Alicia for having very good instincts. 
instincts that we have shown a lot of women don't have in these situations where they're with men, they're in these bad relationships, abusive relationships, controlling relationships, which I'm going to be inclined to believe this was, and don't get out. So I applaud her uh, for that. She, the day that this argument, because the guy has to know he's going to get in trouble. She's not going to get in trouble. He has to know that he's going to get in trouble. He knows that he took her when she was a minor. He knows all of the stuff that's going on out there from uh, Alicia's mother and other uh, um, places. And, um, you know, he had to start figuring, you know, I could really get in trouble for this, but I, you know, maybe I won't get in trouble with this. I can make Alicia disappear. I am arguing with her and all these other things, man, I'm going to go to jail because I kidnapped her and everything. You know, what if she goes and tells on me, man, I need to make this girl disappear. Well, it's very fortunate that Alicia got to the police first. These are things that are going through uh, my head. Um, you can check the jail roster voice. I'm sure I can. Once again, it's a time issue. Arizona and Montana states don't touch more than three states away and very rural, remote, easy to hide. Certainly true. I thought she went to LE as she wanted her driver's license. Uh, speculation, your honor. Yeah, uh, my parents taught my siblings and I that you should always let your family know where you are. No exceptions. Well, Obviously, Alicia was not doing that. Um, I, I, you know, voice. Uh, it very well may be this could have been something about a, a driver's license or something like that. Very could be. Well, could be. But there was just once again, I just have my notes here, but I have read several articles on it. Just kind of stuck to me that is it a coincidence? that she's arguing with this guy, and then she shows up at the police station a few days later. I don't think so. And, if, you know, of course, we could look at it another way. Maybe she just wasn't having any fun anymore. Don't know. You know, maybe, of course, he might have said, you know what, I live on this uh, estate, and I got a yacht and a private plane and everything else, and then she gets up to Montana, and none of that's true, and uh, decides to rough it for a bit. But... And, and she was autistic. You're, it's right. It said that she was on the spectrum. But, uh, you know, once again, I'm not an autism expert. So, um, some lessons to be learned regarding this. What are the lessons? What can we learn from now that we know that Alicia Navarro is alive, that she was in Montana, one of the big lessons is people cannot pick missing missing people out of a crowd. I mean, Alicia's the one who told the police, yeah, I was free to come and go as I like. So we have to believe over the last how many years that other people in that area saw her just didn't even raise a question mark at all. Not at all. This is one more reason why I tend to doubt, 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 really, really doubt eyewitness testimony regarding missing people, even when it comes very close to the accepted disappearance date or even disappearance hour. This is one of the reasons. We get Alicia Navarro, uh, you know, a video that's been viewed 200,000 times. She says that she was free to come and go, 
We have even have a situation with neighbors being able to hear them arguing and all of these things. And not one person seemingly ever went to any police force in Montana and said, you know what? I think this girl that I saw is Alicia Navarro. People cannot pick missing people out of a crowd. Keep that in mind. Next lesson is that new publicity can force missing people to make a move. I also can't rule out the idea, once again, my perception. I'm guessing maybe some of you have been following this since it started. I'm not one of those people. As I just stated uh, in starting this section of the show tonight, that I probably read something about it when it happened in 2019. I don't remember doing so. But certainly within the last few months, I've been seeing all this Alicia Navarro stuff popping up. Uh, And I just wonder if that is also part of this. Did maybe Alicia notice this as well? That there was a a new effort by her mother or whoever to get uh, more word out there about Alicia's disappearance. Did that factor into her coming forward and her being found and her being reunited? But new publicity never hurts. In fact, that is the whole theme of Unfound as it exists. This is one of the reasons that I don't mind covering disappearances that are 40 years old, 50 years old. You know, a lot of podcasts avoid those because it's not trendy. They start worrying about how many views and likes and things. Uh, Those kinds of, uh, that kind of coverage is going to get doesn't concern me for a second. Me, you know me. I'll talk to anybody who wants to talk, and I'm a firm believer that new publicity on a disappearance, no matter how old, can help. Hello, Penny B. What's going on with you? Voice says I'm regional to me in my Wyoming. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, Penny, hit the thumbs up. Yeah, everybody and everything. Yeah, everybody hit the thumbs up as you are watching. Whether hit the little smiley face or... Uh, heart button or whatever there is for if you're watching on Facebook and if you're on YouTube, yeah, just hit the good old-fashioned thumbs up. So another lesson that we can learn from this is that children are smarter than police when computers are concerned. That Alicia knew that if she wanted to get away uh, without being found, she took exactly the right equipment with her to do that and the adults couldn't figure out any way to get into anything that she had anything else that she had to figure out where she went um like i said i'm inclined that this disappearance did start um over the internet i mean how else would it have and she did everything in her power to make sure that she couldn't be traced and the adults in the room couldn't figure it out so children are smarter than police when computers are concerned. What I think we could also learn uh, from this is that there are different kinds of predators. There are the killers who are looking to uh, run into girls, to women, to just kill them. And then there are the, the rapists who track women down, girls down, go to their homes, their apartments, their dormitories or whatever, and rape them and then leave them alive. 
There are, then there are the types like Ariel Castro who kidnap them and keep them in basements, and that is the uh, the dis- disappearance, the discovery of the three women, uh, Ariel Castro's women, that has uh, been done for the episode of Found this month for all you Patreon supporters and YouTube supporters. And then there are the guys who truly believe they're doing something good. And even though this guy's still going to get in a lot of trouble, um, I guess we have to put this guy, no, of course he's not a good guy. No good person, man or woman, kidnaps a child. No matter if the child wants to go or not. But in their distorted minds, I think that these guys who do this actually believe that they're doing something good for this child. And then there's that, there's that type. And so even when we talk about predators, mostly men, there are different types. You have to keep that in mind. And Alicia Navarro is certainly fortunate that she ran into that seemingly that last category and not one of the other ones. She was very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. And um, like I said before, uh, to me, she showed some really good instincts in figuring out when the arguing started, you know what? This is probably not going to go well. I got to get out of here. If only so many adult women who we have featured on found had done the same thing. So that's Alicia Navarro. Of course, once we find out who this guy is, we can start putting all of this together a little bit better. Um, and uh, I'm hoping, given that she, you know, we're going to find out maybe, you know, she said that she wasn't hurt. I don't know if we're supposed to believe her or not. They're, of course, going to check into that. But I think given the circumstances and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't harmed. I, that would not surprise me. I'm not saying that's the most probable answer. But that would not surprise me given the situation. So, um, then we'll, you know, me, and of course, uh, I'll be doing a live show next week. And I think some of these things will be uh, public by then. And I will do a follow-up story. But it's it's a great story. Um being that she's alive, being that she's getting returned back to her family. Um, you know, uh, maybe we will finally hear about why she left in the first place. Maybe. Um, everything's happening. How's your birthday going, Ed? Well, it's not my birthday yet. At least not in the Eastern time zone of the United States. And a lot of the rest, of course, most of the, the world Earth is now covered by August 1st. But it's not yet August 1st here yet, so um, it hasn't started yet, everything. But thank you for asking. So, moving on. Uh, what is... Uh, okay, talked about that, talked about that. I just want to... So, I'm going to move on to a, a little bit of unfound news. And then I want to cover uh, some other non-unfound news. Just want to give you all a little um, 
rundown on what the, although I'm not, I'm gonna, the schedule is going to be for the next several weeks. Very fortunate here at Unfound. We've been working very diligently uh, between myself and my assistant, Emily. Emily has uh, been reaching out to some people. I've gotten to talk to them within the last week. And I've already, the, the interview, uh, of course, is already done for this Friday. It's already done for next Friday. And I'm going to be doing an interview on Friday that's, of course, going to play in a couple weeks. So the upcoming schedule, of course, this Friday, we're going to have a, I'll be talking about it at the end of this live show. Of course, we're going to be covering a new disappearance this Friday. Uh, on August 11th, we'll be covering another new disappearance. Uh, this Friday, uh, we are going to 1992. Uh, next Friday, August 11th, we are going back to 2015 again, just like Betty Tepfer. We're going to be in 2015 again, or just like Joel Acreage, 2015. It's really how the weird how that year's popped up. But we're going to go back to August. Uh, we're going to back going back to 2015 for August 11th, and then uh, August 18th will be another new disappearance. That interview is getting done this Friday. And then August 25th will be, what is it, update episode, I think maybe number 15. We've got a lot of updates. Going to be a lot of updates, a lot of things to talk about uh, for that update episode. So that will be the last Friday of uh, August. Uh, we're due. And then the first Friday of September and... Um, if you are new to Unfound, what I do the first of every uh, the first Friday of every sub- September, that is the first Friday of every September is considered to be the anniversary of Unfound. So once again, um, as I've done every other year, and I will continue to do this until her disappearance is solved, I will replay the interview that I did, the first interview I ever did in Unfound's existence for the disappearance of Susie Lyle in which I interviewed her mother, Mary Lyle. And in fact, I just spoke to Mary a few weeks ago. Um, so that will be the September 1st episode. And then surely by the time September 8th uh, and the 15th roll around, uh, interviews will be done for those upcoming Fridays. Now, somewhere in there, though, is going to be a special episode. I really haven't decided what I'm going to do with it is it only going to be for Patreon people, only for YouTube people, or a combination, or am I going to make it public? I still don't know. But I thought it was finally time for me to do this episode, and it's an ep- a kind of episode that I've never done before. But we're due. Seven years in, we're due. So um, be looking for that. Uh, the end of August sometime. It'll take a little time for me to put it all together, but I'm very motivated because I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, But maybe some of you will be motivated if it's only a Patreon episode. Some of you will be motivated to become Patreon supporters right down there as in the overlay there. Patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. Just haven't decided yet, but it's a pretty cool idea. And uh, once I tell you what the idea is, you'll say, oh, yeah, that's really good. 
but some of you may not get to hear it if you're not Patreon and YouTube supporters. So seriously, think about that. One more uh, piece of unfound news before I get back to non-unfound news is you should know that this past Friday with the disappearance of Joel Acreage, that was the 300, 300th disappearance episode in Unfound's existence. It's not the 300th episode. There are like 360 some episodes, but in total, of course, we have to start figuring anniversary episodes, revisitations, update episodes. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. But as far as episodes covering disappearances, Joel Acreage was number 300. Um, I, I continue to say, nobody is more surprised than I am. I mean, I can remember when I was back on like Disappearance 75. And I was like, man, I don't know. If, is this thing going to make it to 300? I, I didn't know if it was going to make it to 200 or 100. And when I got to 150, I didn't know if it was going to make it to 200. And when I got to 200, I was like, am I going to make it to 300? And here we are at number 300. It's crazy. And I realized that, you know, Generation Y has been around for like, 10 years or whatever, they have like a thousand episodes or whatever it is. And I realized that uh, Marissa over at The Vanish started before, and she has a very impressive number of uh, disappearances covered as well. Uh, but I'm just looking at it from my point of view. Uh, I'm a little stunned to have made it to 300 disappearances covered. Uh, and I, I feel so fortunate. Um, Never could have guessed when this podcast got started seven years ago that I would make it to this point. So it is crazy. So um, I guess the next milestone is Disappearance 400, right? The 400th Disappearance covered. So that'll take me, what, uh, you know, maybe two and a half years to get there or something like that. Wow. Okay. But uh, so there you go. If you're wondering where Unfound is in its own history, Joel Acreage's Disappearance this past Friday was the 300th episode. That does not mean the 300th, 300th person. Of course, we've kind of had some episodes where we've covered couples miss going missing or like Flight 370, you know, 300 people going missing at one time. I'm just talking episodes discussing disappearances. Number 300. Marty says the Patreon service is more than worth it. Uh, everyone, please listen to Marty in the chat. And voice, thank you. Uh, you're very kind in saying so. Thank you so much. All right, let's talk about Carly Russell one more time. Hoover, Alabama. Carly Russell, the Alabama nursing student who claimed she was kidnapped for 48 hours in a stunt she later confessed was a lie, was charged with two misdemeanors in connection with the hoax. The arrest warrant was issued earlier today. And said uh, the Hoover police chief said in a news conference, this happened a couple days ago. She surrendered to authorities accompanied by her attorney at the Hoover city jail to face two misdemeanor charges, false reporting to law enforcement authorities and falsely reporting an incident. Alabama attorney general, Steve Marshall said, we intend to fully, we intend to fully prosecute this case. Uh, adding this off to monitor the investigation for potential further charges. Marshall said, well, if Russell wasn't kidnapped, they don't see this as a victimless crime, pointing to the significant hours spent 
and resources expended in the frantic search for her. Russell's attorney, Emery Anthony, said Friday, all we can do now is wait for the court date and see how we go from there. When asked how Russell is handling the charges, the lawyer said she's doing like anybody else charged with something. She realized that although it's two misdemeanors, it's still a serious offense. Serious offense. She understands that. The news comes four days after Russell confessed it was all made up in a statement from her attorney read out Monday by the Hoover police chief. There was no kidnapping on Thursday, July 13th. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident. This was a single act done by herself. Russell's disappearance captured the intent, the attention of the nation. She went missing after she called 911 on July 13th, claiming she saw a toddler in a diaper wandering on the side of Interstate 459 South. The 25-year-old returned home July 15th on foot and provided a story to police claiming she was abducted, taken by a male with orange hair and a woman. She claimed she was forced into an 18-wheeler truck and then taken home to a home where the man and woman told her to get undressed and then took photos of her. In a July 19 news conference, police said they were only able to have a preliminary interview with Russell and were waiting to complete a more in-depth interview to determine her whereabouts in the time she was missing. Uh, as you would expect, and I know all of you feel the same way I do. Yeah, they got to throw the, the the book at this young woman. You know, um, the 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 pro. You know, this is we first have to understand. I don't think this is new. People, both men and women, have uh, been been creating drama for themselves and claiming this happened to them, that happened to them, on and on and on and on and on. Uh, my perception, though, is we just know more about it now because information now moves at the speed of light. In addition, as I, I hope to get to it before we are done tonight, uh, it seems anybody can get attention for anything at any time these days. And this, for people who are drama kings and queens, People who need attention for whatever reason, the internet is like the ultimate weapon. And so, but on still, I don't want all of you to think that like this is a new phenomenon. I'm not convinced that it is. I think this has been going on for as long as people, as long as homo sapiens, sapiens have existed. Lying generating drama, trying to get attention, looking for sympathy. It's all part of uh, our makeup, and we have to learn how to control that. I am a person who has a very, very poor opinion of human nature. Uh, I think that we all have a lot of things that if we were to let just let ourselves go, um we'll probably do that. So we all wake up every day, but we control ourselves. Why? Because we know we have a moral makeup of ourselves that we, you know, we understand we do these things. It could hurt others. It could hurt ourselves. It could hurt people that we care about. It's going to make our lives harder on and on and on. But sometimes uh, our flaws overcome that and we end up making bad choices anyway. So, but why this specifically happened with her 
as I stated the the first two weeks ago when this first came up, and I think I stated it last week, I I have to admit that uh, there has to be a guy involved. I'm not saying he had anything to do with what happened. And I know she has a boyfriend who's come out. and I I almost have to believe this has to be over some guy. She was distraught. Maybe he's breaking up with her. Maybe she caught him with another woman or, or something else. And so, okay, you're going to hurt me or whatever. Well, I'm going to do something and you're going to feel bad about me going missing. And I, I just can't get past that because um, it very well could have been uh, matey induced or something else. But this screams to me like a young woman who was dying for attention and was really, really trying to maybe get back at somebody to do something like this. And given that it wasn't very well thought out, also tells me that this is, although I know she did searches beforehand and everything, this still seems to me as something that was somewhat done on the spur of the moment. Um... don't know what that is don't know what that is um it just wasn't very well planned out so that also leads me to believe this was something that was done spur of the moment somebody ticked her off somebody really hurt her and this was an effort to get back at that person now i would admit um Given my dating history and everything else, I've never experienced anything quite like this. But dare I say, a couple, you know, women in my life, uh, maybe I ticked them off for one reason or another. And a couple of them, mainly because their moralities were not up to proper standards. You know, they try to play the sympathy card. This happened to me. That happened to me. And it turns out none of that stuff happened at all. It's been done to me more than once. Maybe that's why I'm still single at almost 53. So this is maybe also why I kind of default to that. Uh, So I don't know. Maybe I'm not being totally objective here, but this is what strikes me. Maybe some of you uh, have a different, uh, you know, opinion on all of this. So I'm going to delete that. Uh, Shri, I'll, I'll take care of that. I don't know what that was going on there. So there you go. Carly Russell. Uh, I'm hoping they do throw the book at her. Uh, Carly will get a slap on the wrist, Veronica. Let's hope not. Uh, Lisa says, I give people the benefit of the doubt at first. Then there's the gray area, mental issues, but there are limits once the whole story is out. Yeah. Carly did an appalling act and deserves her punishment. Um, Patty, uh, I'm Taylor from Taylor. Uh, oh my God, no! Let's not, Ed. Please, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Stitching. Uh, Patty joined this evening. Thank you so much. I uh, look forward to uh, seeing you at Patreon. That's that's great. Thank you. Uh, what are you talking about? Stitching about? Oh my God, Ed. Let's not, Ed. Please, let's not. What? You're gonna have to be a little more specific regarding that stitching. So that is. Um, Carly Russell. 
Um, I want to read to you uh, more on Carly. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, uh, if there is news, uh, that was news uh, stitching, so I had to bring it up. Uh, I, I, I am too also hoping that we can move on from this. All right, so uh, I kind of feel you, but my job is to report the news on this live show. And being that I covered it two weeks in a row, uh, maybe some people were not uh, aware that, uh, you know, she had been charged and everything. So just wanted to make sure. Uh, there you go. It's If it's a Facebook comment, I can't see it because my laptop screen is still broke. You got to get that fixtury. Um, yeah, there was somebody, Sheree, that posted something. I took care of it. Uh, but yeah, that may be an issue. Uh, it was from Facebook though. You're right. Moving on. Uh, what do I want to talk about next? I want to talk about this story right here. Um, and I think this is like, uh, a story that's now playing out on Dateline or something like that. The murder of Brittany Ujlaki. U-J-L-A-K-Y. Brittany Ujlaki. And I understand that her real first name was Gabrielle. Gabrielle Brittany Ujlaki. Once again, U-J-L-A-K-Y. This story caught my eye. And this, you can classify this under... Women, I don't know how you do it. This is this story is so disturbing to me that um, women, thank you for trusting us men, you know, so much when there are stories. I guess what I'm saying is how do women still trust men when you have stories like this one? And so I just wanted to pass. I'm not going to guess some of you are already familiar, but maybe many of you are not. A Nevada man was found guilty of raping and fatally stab- stabbing his teenage friend. Bryce Dickey, 20 years old, was convicted of first-degree murder and sexual assault with a deadly weapon on Thursday for the March 2020 killing of 16, 16-year-old Gabrielle Brittany Ujlaki. A jury in Elko District Court unanimously, unanimously voted to convict him of all charges after Four hours of deliberation, a week-long trial. Dickey, who was 18 years old at the time, was the last person to see Ujlaki alive on March 8, 2020, when he picked her up from Angel Park in Elko. The girl's body was found three days later with a single stab wound to the neck, wrapped in a blue tarp, and discarded in Burner Basin, a secluded desert in the area. Prosecutors said Dickey raped, strangled, and stabbed the girl who had considered Dickey like a big brother, according to a friend who testified during the trial. The pair had been pals for years and knew each other from the local rodeo community. Dickey told police he dropped Ujlaki off at Spring Creek High School and saw her get into a green Ford F-150 pickup truck driven by a tall man in a cowboy hat. The man was never found. The prosecutors said Dickey fabricated the tale to keep the police off his trail. The convicted murderer even mourned the death of his sis, quote unquote, on a social media on social media in the days following the discovery of her body. Yesterday, we all received news that made us hit the floor, Dickey wrote in a now deleted March 13th Facebook post. Around eight in the morning, we all started meeting up at my house to grieve 
and to mourn Brittany's life, which was taken far too soon. This is her killer writing this. That day I had tears of pain and joy. I wish she could have seen the amount of us that came together to honor you, sis. We love you so much. Just know you won't ever be forgotten. Police began to suspect Dickie had been involved due to conflicting reports he gave them about the last time he saw his lackey. They then discovered his DNA inside a condom near where her body was found, as well as on her neck and under her fingernails. Dickie later told police he had sex with Ujlaki on the day she vanished, but claimed it was consensual. A girl who previously dated Dickie testified that he had choked her on four occasions during their 18-month relationship. Jurors will reconvene Monday, so today, to determine the, sen- the sentence. A maximum life in prison without parole the 20-year-old will face. So now, uh, given what I said before I read that article, now you understand why I said it. Women, thank you for trusting us men, despite there being men out like this guy. As it stayed here in the article, these two were very, very good friends. That Brittany thought of Bryce as her older brother, and he called her his sister, although they were not related. And then he kills her. Knew her for a while. This wasn't just, you know, this wasn't like Zoe Campos and Carlos Rodriguez. You know, they meet in the same day. That same day, Carlos kills her. These two young people knew each other really, really well. We're very close. And he kills her. <laughs> Once again, I, I uh, you know, when I read stories like this, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not a woman. It is disgusting. It's disgusting. You know, it, you know, it's, I have it written in my notes. I mean, if you can't trust friends, who can you trust? Who can you trust? And, you know, I, I'm guessing we all kind of maybe have an understanding of what went on here. Uh, you know, this guy wanted to maybe be more than friends. That's not what Brittany wanted to do. So he forced himself upon her. She fought. He killed her. Now, of course, we have to start thinking, though, he stabbed her. Did a knife just happen to be there? Or was this actually planned? Something to think about. But what this also shows, as I continue to state, and this is, you know, like I said, I don't necessarily, I don't really argue with people regarding theories with disappearances. I don't. Uh, I maybe sometimes, you know, really question people. And in the think tank, um, I try to play devil's advocate a little bit, try to challenge people when they say something, you know, to get more out of them or something. But one of those things that I'm never going to waver from is the idea that I'm pretty much always going to default to if somebody goes missing and it seems like there was foul play, that somebody knew that person did it. Because I will tell you, if a 16-year-old girl can be murdered, can be stabbed by a guy who was a good friend of hers, 20 years old, then anything's possible. Any sort of friend, you know, situation can maybe go bad. 
and you know these are the you know even though we cover disappearances on unfound only these kinds of stories these non-disappearances stick with me too because we can learn a lot from them even though they're not disappearances but yes Two people, a man and a woman who are friends who never had any problems before. Yes, the guy can kill the woman. It is not out of the realm of possibility. This is how I also, you know, um, feel when um, people, you know, somebody will say, well, she would never leave her children. Well, she might have been murdered. That's true. But a lot of women are leaving their children all the time. You know, we can't get caught up in cliches when we're really trying to analyze something, when we're really trying to understand something. You know, well, they're such good friends, he would have never done that. Well, that's a cliche. That's not true. He would never, he loved her so much, he would have never done that. That's a cliche. That's not true. She would have never left her children. That's a cliche that, you know, that the when people, women are leaving their children all the time. It, it can happen. Happens way more than we would like, of course. So it's just, it's uh, so sad. Uh, very sick person, Veronica monster, everything dirty cowder, coward. Veronica has a pattern of choking women. Everything me may have had a long obsession with her. Certainly possible, everything. Uh, Serenity says this is such a scary story. It is. Like I said, I give you women out there so much credit. You know, um, but this also shows, what do we say? Always keep your heads on swivels. Always be a little bit cynical. Always be ready to defend yourself. If you are in a state where you are allowed to carry a gun, you should do so. And if you're in a state that doesn't allow you to do that, you should be carrying a knife, you should be carrying uh, pepper spray, everything else. No matter who you're going to meet or who you're going to date, no matter how you met or anything else, this is what you should be doing. And I, I, I realize that that's a hell of a way to live life. But it's a good way not to die. You know, I think of that line... Um, uh, for was it from Captain America Winter Soldier? They're riding in that truck, uh, Captain America and Black Widow, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, and they're having a little bit of a heart to heart talk. And, uh, you know, Scarlett, of course, um, Black Widow at that point in her character arc in the MCU was in this very, um, you know, cynical place and it of course came from her history of what she had done before she became part of the Avengers and she's explaining you know what she's had to do and everything and Captain America of course who comes from a more uh less cynical view and of course he maybe his character kind of goes in the way of Black Widow eventually you know once we get around to like Infinity War but uh, what does he say? Well, you know, that's a really tough way to, you know, really, um, you know, bad way to live. And what is her response? Yeah, but it's a really good way not to die. And 
this is some, you know, sometimes maybe the way, you know, we should default if you want to stick around. It does not pay to always look at the best in people and think, think that things can't happen to you because you let your guard down. That means you aren't prepared to self, you know, defend yourself. And of course, with Unfound, look at how many disappearances we've covered with people, you know, you know, the kind of the opposite of Zoe Campus and Carlos Rodriguez. They met the same day he killed her. Whereas we've covered a lot of situations where men and women knew each other for 10 years, 20 years. Rosemary Rapp was married to her husband for like 40 years. And the belief is still that he killed her. So uh, life is tough. But I'm telling you, it doesn't ever hurt to always be on your toes Keep your head on a swivel, especially for you women out there. You got to be prepared. And it has, in my opinion, it has to be more than just going and taking some self-defense classes. So very sad. Uh, you know, if you ever want to be uh, negative about the state of the world, uh, just read a story like this. But statistics say that these things are common. You know, when 16-year-old girls are, are murdered, guess who it's by? Teenage boys that they knew. It's not some stranger. Always need to keep that in mind. People are capable of anything. That's the scary part. True. Sheree, you can move to Texas. It's going to be 110 for the next four weeks. Though. Well, thank you for the um, temperature update, uh, Sheree. Uh, Rockford says, very sound advice on caring yet. It's something my wife and I've taken up despite our state of residence. Yeah, I know where you live and I know it's not allowed there, Rockford, so we'll just keep it at that. But, you know, and I, I'm not here to be pro-gun. I'm not telling you to break the law. If you live in a state where you're not allowed to carry or whatever, don't do it. You know, I know it's easy for me to say. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking to get, but you better be prepared somehow. You better be going through those scenarios in your head. You know, just don't walk out of the, you know, even for me living in Florida where we don't even need a permit to carry in Florida anymore. Um, even though I'm, you know, I'm kind of a streetwise guy. I've lived in cities for the last 25 years and everything else. I am as cynical as it can be when it comes to human nature, about meeting people, about going out in public, about, you know, I always, when I go to Publix, to trivia and everything else, when I go to restaurants, I never, you know, um, you know, have my back to the the entrance. I, it's just the way it's just the way I've grown to be. Maybe it's because of doing this podcast, but and even when you know I, I I've met women, um, you know, you never know who you're going to run into. So I think these th- scenarios out before uh, I ever get to them, and and so in life. If you want to be safe, you know, you need to think like a pilot. You know, there's a saying for a pilot, never go somewhere that your mind hasn't been to 15 minutes before that. So that means be thinking well ahead before your plane ever gets to that altitude, to that terrain, to that runway or whatever else. You should have already thought through everything before you get there. And so when it comes to your personal protection, 
This is also the way you should be. Um, it's Connie by Connie, actually. Ours is very permissive. Oh, I, oh, and, uh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, be careful at that airport. Thank you. Yeah, given my... Look, I was in a, an airport, and that guy came up to talk to me. That could have easily gone bad so quickly. That could have easily gone bad so quickly if the guy had just been one level crazier. Because I think one level crazier would have gotten into violence possible uh, situation. And trust me, you know, you're on federal property. Uh, you know, I have guns, but they're at home. Can't take them through uh, onto an airplane or anything. But seriously, and you can't, you know, pepper spray, none of that stuff. But I'm sitting there thinking, if this guy makes a move on me, and I did have my laptop up, this laptop is going right across his face, even though I know it'll damage the hard drive and everything else. If he lunges at me or does something crazy, this laptop is going right across his face. It's just the way you have to be. Uh, People who do horrible things don't wear signs on their heads. They surely do not, Coffee. We wish they did. All right, one more um, topic, and this is this Kylie Rodney lawsuit. It's something I, I, like I said, I just weirdly happened upon this. Maybe some of you already know about it. Maybe some of you knew it was going on. Uh, I just happened upon this today. I was on a totally different site that never has anything to do with um, lawsuits or missing persons or anything. And this link was on there. Anyway, Kylie Rodney, if you remember, this is the girl went missing. It was discovered that, um, you know, there's all these stories about what probably happened to her, but then she was found in her car in a body of water. And I think it was Adventures with Purpose, whoever, who discovered her. Well, there is now a lawsuit regarding all of this. And allow me to read it to you. And I, I have to admit, I've never heard of this this YouTuber before. I'm glad. But... Uh, From the complaint in Robertson versus Upchurch, uh, this is in Tennessee, just filed today. Uh, Recall, of course, that these are all just the plaintiff's allegations. Ryan Upchurch is a media personality, musician, and prolific YouTuber who has approximately 3.1 million subscribers on YouTube. Why do I think that a lot of those are fake? As of the date of this filing. Upchurch began posting about the disappearance of Kylie Rodney, the granddaughter of plaintiff David Robertson, and the daughter of plaintiff Daniel Rodney after Kylie's disappearance in August 2022. It became a viral international news story. Upchurch had not previously participated in the so-called true crime YouTube, but began to do so as the Kylie Rodney case became news. Kylie Rodney disappeared after a party near Tahoe National Forest on August 6, 2022. In the weeks following her disappearance, numerous online posters began widely speculating as to, quote-unquote, what really happened to Kylie. As it ultimately turned out, Kylie died of drowning when her vehicle crashed into the Prosser Reservoir reservoir, and became submerged below 14 feet of water. No foul play was suspected. Ryan Upchurch was a prominent figure in this wild speculation. After Kylie's Rodney's body had been found, and after authorities had publicly stated that an autopsy had confirmed an identity, 
Upchurch uploaded several videos making outlandish claims, including that Kylie Rodney, Daniel Rodney, and David Robertson were not real, and that the entire tragic episode was a scam by Kylie's family to raise money on a GoFundMe website. Upchurch also published images of David Robertson and Robertson and further published Daniel Rodney's former home address to his 3 million subscribers. Upchurch has a loyal following of viewers who refer to themselves as the Creek Squad. Upchurch directed the Creek Squad to search for Kylie Rodney's vehicle and posted Google images of Daniel Rodney's former home, falsely stating they had found Kylie's car there. While generating hundreds of thousands of views on his videos relating to Kylie Rodney's disappearance, this also convinces me it's all fake. Upchurch promoted his own music, often uploading new music content between videos on the Kylie Rodney case. Daniel Rodney essentially went into hiding and made substantial investments in home security surveillance cameras, etc. Several Creek Squad members made outlandish videos of their own. One self-admitted Creek Squad member named Julio, quote-unquote, made several videos into the moniker an All-American Cartel LLC. Julio posted videos of the Lost Trail Lodge, a vacation resort operated by David Robertson. In one of these videos, Julio speculated the Rodney Robertson family was performing child sacrifices at the lodge as part of a religious cult. Several Creek Squad members flooded the lodge's internet profiles with negative online reviews. The negative attention directed David Robertson and his lodge and caused him to suffer financial losses. David Robertson and Daniel Rodney have each experienced extreme emotional stress attributed to Upchurch's postings, compounding their already profound grief at the tragic loss of their granddaughter and daughter. This lawsuit seeks to hold Upchurch accountable for his tortious actions and intentional misconduct as outlined below. Uh, Lisa, once again, thank you. 10 more minutes to show Ed the birthday love. Yeah, 10 minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Very generous. Thank you, Veronica. Shri Upchurch is a country singer, and that's why he's 3 million subscribers, not because of true crime. He's a wackadoodle. Thank you, Shri. And Veronica says, complete whack job. So, but the question is, why does this happen? So, uh, you know, I, once again, Shri, it sounds like you had heard of him before. Um, Other than him just being, you know, having something wrong with him, of course, we know that this is not new. Maybe all of us want to go back to Sandy Hook and how Alex Jones insists that all of that was fake. How does this all get started? I have to admit it's hard to say, but here's, you know, a problem that we have now regarding speech, regarding media and everything else. The problem we have is that It used to be just 25 years ago. I mean, you have to remember the printing press was, was started in like the the Gutenberg or whatever it's called printing press was started in the 1400s. So for like 550 years, 60 years, 570 years, there was a particular way that if you had a point of view or news or an opinion or something, there was only one way really to get it to the masses. Of course, you had to make huge investments in a printing press, in ink, in the delivery system, in paper, you know, a lot of investment to be able to communicate to people. And even when TV came along in the 1900s, radio and then TV, 
you still, there was still a huge investment that anybody would need to make before a message could get to the masses. What this then meant, though, is that because you had so much time and money into it, you were motivated to only do things to appeal to a wide audience. To get back, of course, your return on investment. You had all this money and time invested in all this. You'd like to get it back. And so what you do is you need to appeal to the widest audience. The problem we have now in media for the last 25 years, and I know that I'm part of the media. Don't think that I, you know, I'm blind to this, you know, and really without the internet, without Facebook and all this stuff, I could not do what I do. I get that. The problem though we have to understand is with media in the 21st century, no investment is needed at all. And you can be in front of millions and millions of people's faces in their ears in seconds. What does this then cause? It causes people there. There isn't, there is then no desire to get an investment back because there's no investment in the first place. And thus people default to their most primal things. They'll just say anything because there's no consequences. Whereas back in the day for like 500 some years, you couldn't just say anything because you know what? If you put a million dollars in getting this thing up and going and you were just saying anything and people knew it was BS, guess what? You're not getting your million dollars back. It's gone. You're broke. We do not have that situation now. And to me, this is one of the reasons that this kind of stuff happens. Thank you, Coffee. 1853, I was close. I think that was a trivia question or something, uh, Coffee, uh, that I knew it was like the 1400s. So this is a problem. You know, I'm not here to, you know, of course, I'm speaking from the United States. We have freedom of speech, uh, despite there being, you know, free press and everything in other countries. We have to realize the United States, the way we look at free speech is very unique compared to the rest of the world. But dare I say it, I think the defamation laws and things are going to have to change in the United States because how easy it is for people to reach the masses with lies these days. There is a movement in the United States to make defamation easier to bring to trial, to bring to court. Right now, uh, and this is due to a Supreme Court case that goes back several years, several decades, uh, the hurdle people have to jump to prove defamation is quite high. But what has happened? This is allowed, of course, Alex Jones got in big trouble, lost a lot of money. Um, but there are a lot of people doing what this Ryan Upchurch does. And even though I know we have in free speech in the United States, I think that the defamation laws do have to change. I think that they do have to be, I think the hurdle has to be lowered some because we have to do something to com combat how easily liars and kooks and everybody else can affect good people. We really have to do, we really have to do that. And so um, I'm running out of time. Maybe this is something I'll look into a little bit more and maybe come up a little few more reasons to, you know, what motivates people to do this in the first place. But when I read something like that, it does cause me to think about how 
our idea of the media has changed and how our defamation laws have to change with them. When the defamation laws were, were you know, written in the United States, defamation was a lot less likely because people were afraid to lose their investment. Man, if I get sued for defamation, you know, I could lose everything. Now nobody has to worry about losing anything because nobody is. So there has to be different kind of penalties and defamation laws. People who are affected, have we have to make it easier for them to bring claims against people like Alex Jones and Ryan Upchurch and all these other people out there for these types of situations. Because people are obviously taking advantage of this. Obviously. So we have to do something about it. Not I love free speech. But definition, def, defamation is not free speech. Um, let's see what, uh, thank you that Patricia enjoyed the show. Thanks. Patricia, thank you for joining us tonight. Everybody loves you. Just remember that all listeners, love, you know, send their hearts out, you know, their best uh, wishes and prayers out to you. Thank you, MT. Uh, thank you, Angie. Um, okay. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, stitching. Yeah, send me whatever you got. You always bring it for the last show. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Angie, okay, everybody's getting out. So uh, one more thing. This Friday, we are going to West Virginia again. Bluefield, West Virginia, for the disappearance of Brenda Lambert. She went missing on July 26th, 1992. Her sister, Christy Kennedy, is the guest. And the title of this episode is called The Last Celebration. And what we kind of look at is, you know, how many people has Unfound covered who went missing after having a good time? Because for Brenda, she went missing right after she held a birthday party for her one-year-old son. A lot of family members were over, and then she went missing that very same night. So once again, Brenda Lambert, it is on the Charlie Project. She is on NamUs. Bluefield, West Virginia, July 26th, so a little over uh, 31 years ago. Sister Christy Kennedy is the guest, and the title is The Last Celebration, if you want to start looking into that. That's all I have. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. Have a great birthday, Ed. Thank you. Uh, thank you for all the birthday wishes. I'm going to have – I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I know I have to start recording Friday's episode tomorrow. <laughs> But other than that, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what my dad and I uh, do. But um, thank you so much. Thank you for making time on Facebook, on YouTube tonight. I try to give you quality uh, quality content for two hours every week. I enjoy doing it. And once again, patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. Please support the show. If you love the content that you're in the live show, the, the podcast, everything else, Please make sure that that content continues by monetarily, in a very small way, monetarily supporting Unfound. Good night, everyone. Say hi to the boys for me, Charlie.